Welcome to the Outward OPC podcast. Outward OPC is a work of the Committee on Home Missions, and it exists to encourage zeal for reaching the lost and to be a tool for the OPC and other Reformed churches to be more effective in reaching people outside the church. You can check out the website at outwardopc.com for articles, videos, and tools to help you and your church be more outward in your ministry. Now on with today's episode. Brad Herzog here for Outward OPC. Today I've got Michael Scout with me. Michael is the pastor and church planter in Zealand, Michigan, just outside. I guess maybe he can tell us more, maybe about 45 minutes outside the Grand Rapids area. And Michael is at Grace Fellowship in Zealand. So, Michael, we are very glad to have you here today to talk about church planting and outreach. And I, I thought I'd start with a question, just jumping right in. I read Home Missions today, as probably many in the OPC do, kind of gives us, doesn't tell us everything, but it gives us a flavor of the church plants, maybe every two months or so. And I sort of feel like when I get that, I have a sense that I can kind of put a couple words to a particular church plant. And when I see Zealand's updates, I think energy and action. I could be wrong, but uh, thinking about the most recent uh, update, you, you talked about over a few years, it's a place that hundreds of people call home. Seems like you're doing some evangelism outreach. I wondered if you could kind of paint a picture for us of these first couple or few years, just in a broad sketch in a couple minutes. What's God been doing? It sounds like he's bringing more than a person or two here and there. It sounds like he's gathering a, a decent sized group of people. And I'm just wondering if you could sketch out for listeners how that's happening, what he's doing, and and how that's worked out. Sure. Thanks. Thanks, Brad. Um, yeah, uh, we just celebrated our three-year sort of anniversary uh, for our first public service. So the work really started in the fall of 2018 as a mother-daughter work of Harvest OPC, which is about 25, 30 minutes from, from Zealand. And uh, we, we kind of kicked it off with an informational meeting that fall. And really, uh, the Lord has just brought people uh, ever since. Our, our context is, <clears throat> is unique uh, in that there's, there's a lot of churches, there's a lot of reform background folks um, in West Michigan, as some of our listeners will be aware of. Um, and I, I just think there's a huge need in the Holland Zealand area for just Bible teaching, um, just no nonsense, uh, expository preaching, uh, that really in- engages and, um, just teaches the Bible. So what we're seeing is people are starting to tell, just tell people naturally their neighbors, their family members, their just people they, they know. And so the Lord is just continually bringing visitors really that way. Um, we are, we are intentional in terms of outreach. Um, talk a lot about a culture of evangelism as you know, it's a pretty, pretty well-known term these days with Max Stiles book and other things, but trying to really, uh, develop what does that look like instead of being overly programmed? Um, what does it look like for all of us to have our hands on deck, to expect visitors, to invite unbelievers so that our church just becomes sort of a, a normal place where unbelievers are checking things out and, and we're getting to know them. So, so uh, yeah, here we are. Uh, three years later, we particularized about 10 months ago and the Lord has just continued to, 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 to bless, to 
every week it seems like we have visitors. So that's, that's a wonderful, <laughs> exciting thing. And, um, you know, presents particular opportunities slash challenges at times in terms of the, the group getting to know each other feels like a lot of, I think a lot of people feel the sense that they, they don't know everybody yet. And it's three years in, but in a way, I think that pushes us to continually think about hospitality, about, um, yeah, not getting too comfortable. Uh, so it's, yeah, active energy that those are good words. It's been a, it's been a, a wonderful ride. Um, and, uh, the Lord has really provided a number of great people as well. I, I just, I think that's the thing that really blows me away is the people that he's brought in terms of leaders and servant hearted people who just want to be engaged in the mission. And, um, so that, that's brought a lot of energy. So while, you know, I, I had the privilege of being a part of it, certainly early on in terms of establishing some things, I just feel like I have sort of my lane and that's preaching and praying and shepherding and leading, but it's, it's the church doing the work and the Lord doing the work ultimately. So yeah, it's just been a blast to be honest with you. I'm from Zealand, um, born and raised here. Went to uh, graduate from the public school um, a while ago, and uh, and so it's it's great to be back. It's it's unique in that, like I said, there's a lot of churches, and so as we as we thought about Zealand, we had to really wrestle with: is there a need uh, to be in Zealand? And we just became increasingly persuaded that there there was and there is. There was no Napark Church in Zealand, the community, and um, I think the Lord is. As, as blessed it and it just shows us the need i think in this area again for a vibrant uh reformed uh church where there's a focus on gospel proclamation but that then is transforming lives so that the culture becomes one of welcome one of family um one where we can be weak and uh, be be transparent with each other yeah, that's a good overview, and I think we can dig into a, a couple of those things as well as we kind of help people to kind of get a better picture and, and maybe even encourage people in, in, in their particular situations. One, one thing I was thinking about before before we uh, got on the call, I looked at your website, I looked at the intro video you guys did where, where you're introducing mm-hmm. the church, and I read a little bit about your values, and it, it's it, something stuck out in my mind. You have a way of talking very clearly about being reformed and Presbyterian. You don't seem to shy away from it at all. You seem to use classic terms, but you also seem to have a way of talking a bit more evangelical. And I use that in the best sense of the word, not necessarily like an evangelical big box church, but evangelical in the sense that you're talking in a way that other maybe under churched people would be familiar with. And you're talking in a way that unchurched people might at least catch a sense of what you're talking about. And I wondered how you, where that comes from, if that's intentional, if that's strategic, what the influences are and how you work that out day to day to, to not shy away from being really reformed, but also being really accessible in how you know your different audiences. And I, you know, I wondered if you could flesh that out a little bit, sort of background and influences yeah. and how you're working that out. Yeah. Yeah. I'll try my best. Um, that's encouraging that that was your observation. I think, I think it is intentional. So I would, I would say my model, our model is really harvest, uh, OPC, our, our mother church, just in terms of, uh, being a church that's unapologetically reformed Presbyterian, these things that we cherish, 
um, you know, loves being OPC and, and really appreciates the history and all of those things, um, doesn't shy away from, and that's one of the uniquenesses of this town and this area is that you have a lot of reformed history, but you have a number of churches that are almost embarrassed about it and are trying to sort of, um, come up with a new identity. And so we just wanted to plant a flag and say, no, oh, we love the reformed faith. We, we love the historic, you know, apostolic faith, but also the OPC, uh, but then also speak in a language that is hopefully uh, clear and winsome and inviting to, to anybody as, as they're learning some of those new words and phrases. So I would say Dale Van Dyke as a mentor of mine, Harvest as a mother church, I think models that very, very well. You know, it... It just seems to me that so often, at least in West Michigan, uh, we're sort of left with, on the one hand, maybe a traditionalism church that has the right doctrine, et cetera, et cetera, or um, sort of your reaction church to that, which sort of throws all of those things out in the name of hospitality, outreach, evangelism. And I think Harvest is, is modeling it well, as, as are other OP churches in, in our presbytery. But we just wanted to be a church that could do both of those things and not have to choose between them. So, again, not apologize. For example, one of our core values is morning and evening worship. Well, that you know, that's kind of like, I mean, I got some pushback from friends, colleagues who are like, really? And we just want to say, well, yeah, we're, we're serious about gathering twice on the Lord's Day means of grace ministry, nothing flashy. And yet uh, we want to be a place. Another core value is a place uh, for weakness. Well, that, that's kind of an interesting, like why those two, right? Um, someone might say, well, you have so many core values that, you know, you could say anything. Um, but we wanted to communicate on the one hand, a commitment to the reformed faith, to a high view of the Lord's day, to the means of grace. And on the other hand, um, learn from our brothers and sisters, maybe in different contexts, who uh, are, are trying to do other things like be transparent, be weak, and say, I, I don't think we have to choose between those two. I think we can do both of those. And I think that's what the Lord, that's what we've been trying to do. And I think he's he's been in that. So, Yeah, that's a good example of what you just gave there of Lord's Day, two worship services, but weak. And, and I noticed Maybe just amplifying on that a little bit, you you obviously, you guys have crafted a, a statement or an idea in the video that you're gospel-saturated, multiplying, and vibrant. I wondered how that came about and, and how that expresses itself in Zealand. Um, maybe not, I mean, the words make complete sense. Maybe not what we would find at every Reformed Church website. And I don't mean that critically at all. I mean, it, it's it's... Interesting. Yeah. I, I wonder how that kind of developed and how that expresses itself at Zealand. Why those three ideas? Yeah. Yeah. So again, I, I got to give a lot of credit to Harvest in terms of the DNA that they've been able by God's grace to develop. And so in many ways, it was sort of adopting that and then applying it in our particular context. So, so Harvest for a long time has talked about seeking to be a vibrant church and that's the thing I think you, that strikes you when you worship there is, man, they, they are serious about the Bible. They're serious about doctrine. And yet there is this, like, you can breathe. There's this vibrancy. And so we really wanted to take that DNA and, and try to apply it here. Again, I, th I think when people hear Reformed Presbyterian, it comes with 
connotations in West Michigan, it's usually very tribalistic. So what brand are you? And by sort of saying on the one hand, we're OPC and on the other hand, we're vibrant, it kind of go, how do those things coexist? <laughs> right. And, and we don't always do a great job of, of the vibrancy part, um, perhaps, but again, we didn't want to choose between the two. And then gospel saturated was very intentional. So not just from the pulpit, but in, in every area, which which means that that's our unity, that's our identity, that's that's the power behind our mission. Um, and then multiplying communicates. You know, we we want to we want to plant churches ourselves. Wouldn't it be great if if Harvest had grand grandchildren? Uh, you know, as they plant churches, their church plants then maybe has that same desire and culture, and then can turn around and. We're, we're already looking into those opportunities, seeking the Lord. We don't want to get ahead of ourselves there, but um, it is something that we, we want to be able to do well. So, <clears throat> yeah, I, I, as I thought about it, a church I'd love to attend, you know, there are non-negotiables that I find doctrinally, theologically, ecclesiastically in the OPC, but then also a, a place I can breathe, a place I can invite my neighbors <laughs> without feeling like, oh, I wonder if they're going to you know, by week two, realize that the culture here is, you know, so I wanted a place where they could also feel like, I don't necessarily get all the theological categories yet, but the Lord is here and the spirit is at work here. And yeah, they take the Bible seriously, but man, they love each other and, um, and they're intentional about welcoming people. So, so that's good. That's helpful for kind of the theory overarching what are you about maybe we could dig in a little bit to kind of the on the street side of of church life in zealand thinking about evangelism and outreach and you mentioned when when we first started talking you mentioned sort of a culture of evangelism wonder how in a church plant people are coming for all different reasons and from different backgrounds and you know it's the first time something's happening how do you work on developing that culture of evangelism and how have you guys worked out evangelism? What Have you seen some things that have been particularly helpful and successful, putting quotes around successful? Have you seen some things that have been difficult and, and more on the failure side of things? How have you worked through that as a new group, building this culture of evangelism? And what specific things have you tried and seen successful and yeah. maybe not quite as successful? Yeah. Yeah, those are, those are great questions. Um, so by by culture again, sort of moving away from from overly programmatic, which I think in a church plan it's easy to just be, I don't know, you want you want events and those are good and we did those uh, to some degree, um, but you don't want programs to sort of be your evangelism ministry. And we've actually we've actually um, up to this point at least I, I don't know what we'll do moving forward, but uh, we have we have pushed back against actually developing sort of an evangelism committee. <laughs> I guess for the reason that I, d- I don't want the perception to be within the church that while well, the evangelism committee does, does the, does the evangelism and they're the ones that are really interested in it and passionate about it. And then, you know, there's, there's ministry over here and, and I'm involved in this, but I, so just seeing that evangelism is a, a command, recognizing that some are more gifted at it than others. Um, but just sort of, again, seeing that this is something that we're all to be engaged in. Program-wise, I, I think Max Stiles in his book, A Culture of Evangelism, talks about programs as being sort of, you know, the, the bathtub, the, the water's getting lukewarm, and you need to, you need to um, 
reheat it. So programs can serve to that end, but I don't think they're the be all end all. Um, one thing that we did from the beginning, which had sort of a an outreach feel, but also a just fellowship feel, uh, was a monthly Friday night fellowship. And in fact, we, we still do these, not every month, uh, a little bit more spread out, but every month initially we would get together and we would just have you know, food, pizza, keep it light, uh, but then do like a game night, do a hymn sing uh, in the summer, go to the beach, um, go to local parks so that we're out, we're engaging with each other. But also it was an easy, non-threatening way to invite people, you know, as we were getting formed, just to say, hey, we're we're getting a meal, you want to come. And um, so we've done different things like that. We did a movie night this last winter. Um and those, I think, have been helpful in a couple of ways, like I said, both in terms of as we've tried to form and get to know each other as a, as a group, but also just constant on-ramps for people to, to check things out. You know, so some people are, are frightened, are terrified by showing up to church on a Sunday, but they, they might show up at the park or they, you know, a movie night or something like that. So that's been an intentional effort on our part. Um, something we're doing and have done maybe for the last 10 months or so is a Sunday hospitality ministry where someone in the church uh, signs up for, for a Sunday and from the, in the bulletin on the slides and from the pulpit, we announce that by way of invitation. So it's not just for visitors. It's also for anybody. For example, we have a lady, an elder lady who just loves to go to these because she's alone. We have a, a young man who's uh, in grad school. He loves to go to these because he's often alone on Sundays. But it's also then um, a weekly invite to anyone who is visiting to say, we've, we've got plenty of food. We're ready for you to come. And the way we do it then is we have a welcome center and we position the host at the welcome center so that people can 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 meet them. But we also then leave a an address card uh, so that if they don't actually find the person, they, they at least know where the person lives. So we're trying to be intentional. Um, and the host often will invite people from the church as well, so that there's a lot of just a lot of fellowshipping going on. But that's been, we've seen a lot of good fruit from that. Um, even if it's only people in our church, let's say on, on a particular Sunday or a series of Sundays, even the announcement itself and the invitation itself, I think helps create that culture that we're talking about. It just says to the visitor, oh, it's it's non-threatening. I don't have to go to this thing, but at least they're inviting me to something. And I think that's been helpful. Um, one other thought that came to mind, Brad, um, we, we had to wrestle with uh, whether to do Sunday school before the AM surface or after. And for a couple of reasons, we decided to do it before, even though that wasn't the norm for most people. But what we found is that um, one of the reasons we did it is because of our, our building situation. It was just easier that way. But we have found that after the morning service, there's not that rush, you know, between the benediction, grab a grab a cookie and get to Sunday school. There, there's just a real laid back atmosphere, sometimes up to an hour where people are just getting to know one another. And I think if we, in our case, at least, if we had Sunday school that would just not be happening um, to the degree that it is. And this allows just time and space for people to connect with their neighbors who they're sitting next to. 
instead of it being like, all right, we got, I got to go teach a class or I got to go to Sunday school. So that, that's been a good thing for us. I know there's, there's good arguments on both ends and we looked at all the arguments, but it's been good for us. So those two events in particular, the Friday night kind of fellowship thing and then the Sunday hospitality thing, I, I'm, mm. I'm thinking about listeners, other OPC churches, other Reformed churches. I'm wondering, was that natural for your people to invite their friends and unbelievers to that and have them come? Because I'm, I'm thinking of listeners thinking, well, we tried that and our people didn't you know, invite people to those events. Did you have to, was that a challenge or were your people more natural with that? Did you have to encourage that somehow? Was it patience? Did it just go right away? You know, just kind of wondering if you can help people who may, that might not be a new idea to them, but they're feeling like, well, you know, we've kind of already tried. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think there's constant patience, re sort of recasting the vision, encouraging, championing people that, this is a great way for them to take a turn to be engaged in a practical way. Um, you know, patience. Uh, some people are just really, really good at it. You know, they just thrive. They just, they're always, they're constantly thinking about unbelievers, you know? So we have um, these invite cards, like a business card that we give to all of our members and just say, Hey, pass these out. You know, it's a non-threatening way to sort of say, Hey, check out the website. If you have questions, the pastor's information is on there. Um, and some people are just like giving those out like candy. Other people, you know, it's, it's more of a, it's more of a challenge. Um, so I think one of the things that makes hospitality, the host ministry work is that we also encourage folks just to, let, let's say, let's say your house is, uh, you can have 12 people in your house comfortably. Well, maybe you want to invite uh, four to six people from the church. And then on the day itself, maybe you've got a little wiggle room, maybe a, a visitor shows up, needs a place to go, then you plug them in or invite them. Or maybe maybe you invite other people from the church once you see that there aren't any visitors that week. And I think, so I, I don't think looking at things like that is merely outreach, but both outreach and fellowship opportunities. And I think as we, as we thought about how to how to create culture for evangelism? Um, again, I, I don't think it's just an event or a program. I think it's more like anything that happens, whether it's a, a Sunday school class. So, trying to train our our kiddos, our covenant kids, if somebody's there for the first time, they're probably going to be terrified. So, you have a great opportunity as a third grader to say, "Hi, my name is welcome." And so as a church plant, you know, everybody's new. Everybody's in this together. Everybody's feeling a, a little bit scared. Um, so training kids to, you know, you guys, youth. Oh, man, youth are, are huge in terms of a culture of evangelism. Because at the end of the day, parents who are coming that have teenage kids, they want their kids to have a place, you know, um, whether they're an unbeliever or whether they're leaving a, a, a church situation, that's uh, a big deal to go to a new church. So looking for like on-ramps, our small group ministry, um, Sunday school, as I mentioned, even Sunday worship, like there are ways for me from the front, but also other ways to train people. So there's there's a visitor in the back, a single person who's standing there. Why not just say, um, hey, why don't you sit with my family tonight? Or why don't you sit with me and my friends tonight? 
those are just little things that, again, you don't have to overwhelm guests because some of them don't want to be, you know, in the limelight. They just kind of say, if you'd like a place to sit, we'd love to, we'd love you to sit with us. And I, so I think, yeah, we have a lot of room to grow. Um, I have a lot of room to grow in terms of personal evangelism. I think, I think given, given our quick growth, I think one of our temptations is to sort of buckle down and just to sort of create that, um, Hey, we just got to get to know each other and lose that outreach focus, which I think would be terrible uh, because I don't think you have to choose between the two. I, I think you can, you can get to know each other while still thinking about bringing others into that. Well, Michael, this has been great. I appreciate you taking your time. I think listeners will appreciate uh, taking your time and hearing about the, the work there and, and what the Lord is doing. Um, so we're grateful that you were willing to take the time. So thanks for being with us. Well, thanks so much for having me, Brad. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun to talk to you and uh, the Lord's bless uh, y- your ministry as well. That's it for today's episode. You can go to the website at outwardopc.com to check out more resources. And you can sign up for our email list where you will receive notifications when new things are available. Until then, we'll see you next episode.